are listening to Bulletproof Faith with Joel and Jordan, and we are here to equip you so that you can teach your kids Christian worldview and apologetics. And uh, today we're talking about deconstruction. Deconstruction. Uh, popular term the last couple of years. Yeah. Um, you see the hashtags, yeah. and you see the articles, and... Uh, new stories and famous people yeah. that you know yeah. um, essentially losing their faith. Mm-hmm. So um, in the uh, in the apologetics realm and things like that, I feel like this is an important topic, um, especially where we are right now in the world. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's a it, it's a big it's a it's a big thing to address, um, which I, I think in I, I guess. In a certain way, this is a, the big reason why we're doing this podcast. Yeah, uh, is for this exact reason. Yep. Uh, now, you know, maybe it's a different. Maybe it's a reason. We'll define it here shortly, but um, it's it's something that we're probably most of us are aware of, but maybe don't have maybe never heard the term itself. But um, we're aware of the 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 instances of it occurring. I'm sure. Yeah, and. Um... I think it's something to. I think you need to be aware of it mm-hmm. um, because uh, it, it, it's sort of like turned into more than just "Hey, I've got some questions about my faith." Yeah. It's turned into this is a trend, mm-hmm. and everybody needs to do this at some mm-hmm. point, right? Mm-hmm. So um, that's why it's it's really problematic and. Um, you see it on social media and stuff like that all the time, and and yeah, it's turned into like the you know this is the trendy thing to do. Yes, it is. So, um, I guess first maybe yeah, let's just let's talk about a definition of it, Jordan. So yeah, you got one. So there's this a French philosopher back in the '60s. His name was Jacques Derrida. I think is how you pronounce his last name. Anyways, it's it's. Um, he came up with this essentially, and it, it was his life's work. Uh, it, it, it's called de- de- deconstruction, and it's a philosophy of it. So, what does he mean by it? Uh, first off, I, I'm sure we've all heard this term before. We touched on it towards the beginning of our podcast. Uh, really, I mean, uh, the first 17 or 18 ish episodes of our podcast, kind of without saying the term, we touched on yeah. this really yeah um and it's a it's a postmodern philosophy <laughs> of course it is right so uh it's a philosophy that that uh, uh that pokes at and tries to poke holes through any type of objective truth right so we've talked about this before it's very subjective you're talking about postmodern C- correct yeah. so yeah. it's it's what it what it does is, is it's going to challenge any kind of traditional thought any kind of uh, I guess modern thought or uh, what we were founded on, right? So any type of objective truth, uh, it's going to poke at. And in regards to uh, the Christian faith and and deconstructing the Christian faith, uh, I was actually reading an article last night, and the, the writer it's it's on uh, desiring uh, uh, God.org, which is a John Piper ministry, but uh, I got a fellow by the name of John Bloom wrote it, and he did a pretty good job with it considering it was a pretty short article, but uh, he touched on some pretty good things. 
He said, in the Christian world, this translates to critically questioning traditional modes of Christian belief and often refusing to recognize as authorities those perceived as occupying privileged Christian institutional position who supposedly speak for God. So any, so in a sense, if we see something, it, it throws caution to the wind of anything in the New Testament or anything in Scripture that someone might have wrote uh, under the inspiration of God. It's calling for individuals to question that because who are we to understand what they truly meant in the historical context? Mm. So in a sense, he's saying it's impossible for us to um, to look at something that was historically written and not understand the historical context, thereby able to apply the truth. So so almost, almost just applying postmodernism to Scripture. Correct. Yes. I mean— that, uh, that's kind of what it boils down to. That's exactly right. So it's interesting yeah. that, that that's where you landed with this, because that's almost exactly the same. Cool. Like, I've got that in my notes here. Is that cool. it's, um, So I've got a... Well, are you, were you finished with No, the, absolutely. Go for it. Go for it. So um, we had a thing uh, at our church, and our associate pastor um, was going through, like... Um, Let's see. He he was going through like several different worldviews and hmm. and different things like that. So he talked about secular humanism and stuff yeah. like that. But yeah. um, toward the end, he did like a just a quick, very very quick um, little overview of deconstruction and progressive Christianity. Yeah. And um, so I'm gonna take his uh, his definition here. What he wrote for what is deconstructing a faith. Okay. Um, So shout out to you, Dwight. Um, He wrote, The taking apart of an idea, practice, tradition, belief, or system into smaller components in order to examine their foundation, truthfulness, usefulness, and impact. Mm. Or as Rachel Held Evans wrote in her book, Searching for Sunday, it is taking a massive inventory of your faith Tearing every doctrine from the cupboard and turning each one over in your hand. Mm. So I thought that was a, you know, that's a pretty that's good, concise, accurate. But it's yeah, it's it's the idea of taking every individual doctrine and just just mulling over that, and then like yeah. you basically poke at that and poke at that and poke at that until it like is no longer there. Correct. Um, and then you go to the next one. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm going to take this doctrine out too. Mm-hmm. And then you just examine that one and put it under the microscope, and then you find whatever problems are in that one, and then, you know, eventually that one's gone too. Now, what the what the premise is, is people will tell you, the, the idea here is we are wanting to... Uh, they tell you going into it, it's not to tear down your faith. Mm-hmm. What it is, is it's to correct false beliefs. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I was raised in whatever uh, denomination, and they used to teach this, and I don't believe that now. Or, yeah. You know, so they tell you it's to improve your faith. Mm-hmm. But what actually happens, you know, most of the time is um, people are losing their faith because the goal of it... Yeah. Like, it's not what they tell you. Exactly. Um, 
they tell you it's to rebuild mm-hmm. and strengthen, um, but the really the goal is for you to lose your faith. Yeah, that's so. When that's the goal going in, yeah, that's the. I mean, it's called deconstruction. Yeah, it's not called remodeling. <laughs> exactly. So there, you know, the goal is to bulldoze the the house and yeah. uh, leave you with nothing. It, it's almost like the the term that they should be using is deconverting. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So um, I think you and I are probably on the same page. And I think this is a good way to introduce the topic but um, in regards to defining it. But I think theologically you and I are on the same page as far as, like, I believe in the perseverance of the saints. I believe in eternal security. I believe in, uh, yeah, you probably used to heard the term, once saved, always saved. Yeah. So I, I don't think you can deconstruct a solid faith that's rooted by the Holy Spirit. Yeah. That's rooted by belief in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. So, I, you know, so those that would be deconverting, we would say, uh, according to First John, would be well, they, they they never had the faith. Yeah, is what is what we would probably say. Now, I don't mean to be putting words in your mouth. I'll let you kind of say to it as well. But that's how I view it. Yeah, I do. Um, now, when you hear these. And I've got I've got a, a a clip that we'll listen to that kind of cool. speaks to that point. Cool. Yeah. But sorry to jump ahead. Yeah. No, you're good. Um, but yeah, the thing that is confusing though is and makes it difficult is a lot of these people who have done it, mm-hmm. gone through this process, and mm-hmm. they're on the other side. Mm-hmm. If you say that, then they're like, well, that's that is super offensive to me exactly. because I, you know, I was a believer. Yeah. I was in. I was doing this stuff. I believed. That, yeah. I believed in the Trinity. You know, all this stuff, and they'll say, you know, I don't want to hear that. Mm-hmm. Um, however, though, I do think. I mean, that's Jordan. Could you leave Jesus? No. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, just if you've, exp- I can't leave. Him. No, you can't. I can't. You can't. And I think that that's kind of, you know. We we talk, we've touched on it before, uh, and we're talking. You know, this is just a very good way to introduce the topic, I, in my opinion. But uh, so when you look at the gospel, right? So the gospel is when when Paul writes of the gospel, the good news in the New Testament, in any of his writings, right? He's talking about Jesus is God, Jesus died, and Jesus rose again. Yeah. In order to be a quote unquote air quote believer, to be a believer. Yeah. What are you believing in? That's what I'm believing in. Yeah. I'm not believing in traditions. I'm not believing in well, my church has a red carpet or blue carpet or red hymnal or whatever. Red hymn, whatever. Yeah. Or I don't believe in having the words up on the screen to sing. The silliness. Right. That's what a believer is. That Jesus is God. He died and he proved it by raising himself from the dead. That's that's a that's what we believe in. So. And being a believer in the resurrection of Jesus Christ, the bodily resurrection of Jesus Christ is what we're talking about here. So, uh, which, I, you know, convert, like, conversely, I guess that's probably when we look back and we've, we've talked about apologetics, uh, you know, that, that's what we're defending. That's, that's the faith we're defending is that it is rooted in history as well. Yeah. So no, I, no, there's no way on the basis of truth, like, and the, the way we look at history in our world, there's no way I could. Yeah. No way. Yeah. Yeah, and I, f- I feel that too. And, and I guess, uh, you know, uh, maybe those people would say, hey, I was once in that spot. 
I, sure. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. So I don't yeah. know. It's but they they do they. Um, I've seen many take great offense to that. And look, we want to be. You want you need to be empathetic. Sure. To these individuals, I'm not. I'm not. You know, we're never going to advocate for not being empathetic and and showing grace to these individuals. So I, yeah, let's preface with that. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, for sure. Um. Okay. So maybe some other uh, things to help expand on the definition here. Yeah. Um, I just wrote that like okay in in the context of construction, right? Yes. This is taking every single brick out mm-hmm. and looking at it, turning it over, looking at every single piece of it, every single little crack. And what you're talking about, you're talking about doctrinal issues, theology, everything. Was, right? Okay. Everything. Yeah. Continue on. Yeah. yeah, doctrine, theology, um, also tradition, like, mm-hmm. but just everything. Everything. Every piece. It's all out on the table. Yeah. Like okay. if if your if your faith was a house. Yeah. You are the goal is to take every single brick out of that house and look at it. Even the cornerstone. Yes. Right. Okay. Uh, every every piece of Christian doctrine, questioning it, um, and then but the problem is though that it usually ends up not necessarily looking at the brick, but it looks it it ends up as um, comparing the brick to what our society is currently mm-hmm. doing. Mm-hmm. Right. So that's the the postmodernism yep. in there. Yep. Um, you know, and then eventually concluding, okay, I, I'm, I don't believe this anymore, or I'm not good with it anymore, mm-hmm. and then just throwing it out, and eventually, yeah. there's no bricks left. Yeah, you know. Yeah. So that you have deconstructed. Um. So that's, I guess that's that's pretty good for um, a definition. Um. I, maybe one other thing is I've I've heard um. Elisa Childers, who she's uh, used to sing in a Christian group, and now she runs like a YouTube channel and podcast. I've heard her talk about it, and she, I think she described it as like, uh, it, it ends up being like dominoes. Like one doctrine falls, and then boom, the next one's gone, yeah. and then boom, the next one's gone, and then, you know, eventually like dominoes, you, you can't stop it, right? It's got mm-hmm. that, that momentum going. Mm-hmm. So um, that's that's kind of what I think about. Um so speaking of Christian singers, a lot of those is like what we've seen in our, sure. you know, our news recently is so and so says they're no longer a Christian, or um, and then you know they've turns out they've gone through deconstruction. But um, some well-known examples, and one of them I was just going to share with you. Um, you ever heard of Rhett and Link? Give me a song. Oh, it's it's a. See, there you go. <laughs> Obviously, I have no idea who this individual is. <laughs> no, Rhett, Rhett, and Link, two guys. Oh, okay. yeah. Yeah. It's just two bozos like huh? us. Man, yeah. what? I tell you what, what a, Link, you said. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, I've heard the name Rhett. I don't think I've ever heard Link. Link is like that's like that's like a Zelda from character. Zelda. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, dude, growing up. Sorry, sidebar. Growing up playing Zelda as a kid, great video game. Oh, anyway, dude, love that great. game. You know they need it. Did you ever play the Ocarina of Time, the one on the sixty four? Man, look at you busting that out. No, I don't think I ever did. That was awesome. I think we played like the Super Nintendo version. Okay, yeah, dude, the one on the sixty four. Awesome, possibly best game ever. Oh wow! Oh, that's so that's big. So good. That's 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 you know. And even then, in the world of, of of was it first person shooters or whatever? Yeah. Uh, 
And then even... Uh, Goldeneye, the N64. Yeah. Man. Oh, man. Goldeneye. <laughs> One of my greatest accomplishments as a dad is I've, I've managed to get my daughter into the, the N64 Zelda. Yes. Because um, yes. we, we don't have any modern video games. We're still playing stuff good. I had when I was a kid. The good stuff. <laughs> Not all this trash that's out now. It's like, this is true video games I know. we're talking about. Um, Sorry about that. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, dude, Zelda. So, video games. Yeah, Rhett, Rhett and Link. Okay. So these, these are two guys that have been on YouTube um, for forever. They've been okay. on there a long time. I'll have to look at them. Um, and they have, they have a YouTube show that they call Good Mythical Morning. And then they also do a podcast. Um, oh, what's, uh, uh, it's that, that one's called Ear Biscuits. Okay. <laughs> so, okay. Um, and on their, on their show on Good Mythical Morning... Um, you know they're they're silly and they're they're funny and yeah. I, I actually I had never really watched these guys I had just heard of them mm-hmm. um, and then yesterday while I was kind of preparing for this I, I went and just watched some of their show mm-hmm. they are legitimately funny they're they're pretty funny Good so stuff, I got to yeah. give them credit yeah but <laughs> about two years ago um, they did a series of podcasts where they talked about how they grew up evangelical. Um, they were serious about their faith, yeah. And I believe that they were even like um, domestic missionaries, okay. Like for uh, for crew maybe or okay. some, other, but they were, you know. Um, and then they shared how they lost their faith, yeah, several years ago. Mm-hmm. And um, I listened to Rhett's story, um, so it's it's pretty interesting. Um, but he definitely would be one that, that would say, I was serious about this. Like Mm -hmm. I really believed it. And then, you know, suddenly, um, he started having doubts and, um, but we can, we can talk kind of about, about their story and maybe get into, into that. So he, uh, he said that he believed that Jesus was the son of God. Um, he said that that was his worldview, and like it gave him purpose and meaning. Yeah. Um, that it influenced every single decision that he made, every relationship, um, things like that. And then he he says, often when I tell my story, people conclude that I was never really a true Christian. So the, exactly what we're talking about. Um, so he makes he makes several of those kind of statements. Um, by the way, Jordan. So I got to ask you: mm-hmm. Did uh, did God ordain before the foundation of the world for Rhett to have faith and or think he had faith and then lose it? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's it's interesting. <laughs> That's funny. I like that. Why? You know, here's the thing. And I'm just picking on you, but no, I know I love it. I love it. I, I, look, man, I, I can't help but believe in the sovereign God of the universe that knows everything. It exists outside of time. Anyways, sorry. We could go about that all day. All day. We'll, we, we'll probably never oh, stop with no, that. No, we won't. Man, you poke at me anytime you want. It's great. <laughs> I'm used to it. Your dad's done it before, so it's fun. Um, but no, man, like, it, yeah, so, yes. Anyways, continue. Yeah, well, so he, um, I, I don't know. He, he made, there was one statement he made that was, that was striking to me. He's, he's, yeah. He says he's you know raised a Christian, married, had kids, and stuff. All his life was 
was about being a Christian. Yeah. And then one day realized, oh no, this is just a made up thing that some dude wrote. Mm. And I'm like, some dude. Okay. Yeah. I'm and and I'm just like, okay, so that to me just and I'm not trying to judge this man, right? But that just kind of feels like he never really quite had the full context of the Bible. Yeah, you can't say me, but I'm shaking my head. Yeah, yeah. 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 So, um another thing that was really um interesting about his story and this is kind of like he used an analogy that a lot of people use um, when they're talking about deconstruction, mm-hmm. and uh, he called it like his his sweater of faith. Okay. And then once he he started having some doubts, and was like kind of pulling a thread a- away from that sweater. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I'll tell you what I'll just play that clip for you. And, yeah, and do it. Let's do how it. he described yeah, let's it. Do that. But what I realized is that I've been pulling on this thread for a really long time, right? Let's call it the sweater of faith, which is not the armor of God. This is, this, this, this is a Red McLaughlin <laughs> concept, the sweater of faith. I've been pulling on this thread, and it had sort of like turned into a vest, and then a midriff, and then a halter top, and now it was a string bikini. It's not appropriate. And I was like, I'm going to take the bikini off. Really not appropriate. It's just an analogy. Okay. And I was in L.A. Yeah. Men in bikini tops, just, you know, there's lots of places you can go, go to. Go to the convenience that. store. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I took it off. And I I, 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 I call this. Mean? How did you take it off? Well, I have a I, journal entry, thankfully. Right, that's great. Okay. Give it to me. It has nothing to do with bikinis. Uh, this is from 2014. Okay. I understand that it is unreasonable to expect Christianity to be a set of scientifically verifiable principles. It is a faith, implying that some sort of believing without seeing is involved. And more specifically, Christianity is a relationship with Jesus, and relationships are not well defined or experienced scientifically. However, I don't think it insignificant that the deeper I have dug into Christianity with a thirst for the truth, the more difficult it has become to have faith. In fact, for me, it has become impossible. And that was kind of the reckoning for me, right? That was, that was jumping ship, to use a better analogy than taking off a bikini. You see, I kind of saw Christianity as this boat in a very stormy sea. It's stable. There's a lot of other people on it. It's got a destination. You're going to get through this. It gives you something to hold on to. It gives you stability. It gives you purpose. It gives you direction. And it gives you community. And when I jumped ship, I didn't jump to another boat. I jumped into the water. And I pulled my wife and my children in with me. That hurts, doesn't it? Yeah, that's heartbreaking. Um, especially at the end, I actually wasn't going to put that the the ending part in there, but then mm. um, when I heard it, I was like, "Oh!" They jumped out of the boat in the water and took his wife and kids with them. Yeah. So, um, hmm. yeah, it's that's rough. 
This but, is an um, important topic. Yeah, it is. Um, but that that analogy of the sweater, and so he he started pulling on mm-hmm. a thread. On what thread he started with? So I can I can give you a few. Hey guys, this episode was super long, so we're going to cut it into a couple of different parts. That's the end of this one, and we'll see you next time.